you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stort Show. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am so grateful that you are joining me today. I have a very special interview for you, and this is really the first interview I conducted since moving the podcast over, transitioning from the Entrepreneur Hot Seat to the Andy Storch Show. And this one's interesting because I did not plan for it to be an interview, or at least it wasn't planned in the beginning. And today I have an interview for you with my friend Omar Pinto. And Omar is just has a fantastic story. I've heard him on other podcasts. We've been following each other on social media for probably a year or so, interacting online. We've chatted, uh, but we never actually talked live before this interview. I had reached out to him just to talk about coaching. And we set up a Zoom and we were really just going to talk. And then I said, hey, we've got an hour. I'm going to start this podcast and it's about personal development and you help people. You're a coach. Why don't we just record the conversation? And so I hit record. And uh, what you're going to hear is a conversation between me and Omar. But it's not without direction because uh, we do talk about some really interesting topics. And Omar spends a lot of the time sharing his background and how he got to where he is today. And where that is, is pretty interesting. Omar is so dedicated to helping people positively make massive changes in their lives. And he does that as an NLP practitioner, as an executive life coach, as an addiction recovery specialist. And he's also the host of the really popular SHARE podcast, S-H-A-I-R. And he's a public speaker. And his specialty if you will, is helping people with addiction recovery because he himself has dealt with addiction. He was a cocaine addict for many years, among other things. And he talks about that in this interview. Um, his story is so fascinating how he went down this, this road and moved to Costa Rica and got involved working for online gambling companies and how it impacted his relationships and then how he actually beat that and uh, how his wife helped him leave the job that he didn't like to go and pursue his dream of becoming a coach and monetizing the podcast that he's been running. And so you hear him talk about that and uh, I'll ask him some questions and really talk about what that's done for him and where he's going from here. And for anybody that is an aspiring coach or consultant, aspiring entrepreneur, or if you've dealt with addiction in any way at all, whether it's drugs or anything else, I think that you will find this interview, this conversation fascinating. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, without further ado, I give you my interview, my conversation, really, with Omar Pinto. Enjoy. Omar, what's up, man? What's up, Andy? Good to see you, my man. You too. So we were just chatting. We have known each other via social media for quite some time, probably more than a year, maybe close to two. I don't know. How long have you been? When, were you, when did you start getting active in the, the Dad's Edge group? No, that was May of last year. May of last year. Okay. And I was in it a little bit before that. So yeah, so about a, a little more than a year, a year and a half. And this is the first time we've actually spoken one-on-one. And uh, you were already starting to dig in and coach me a little bit. 
yeah. uh, right when we first started talking because you are a coach well known at least in the circles that I I run in. I love coaching, helping other people. I love being coached and I like um, making things really uncomfortable and recording it too. I reached out to you and just said, Hey, you know, can we talk? And the original impetus of that was, well, first of all, I've wanted to talk to you since I first heard you on Larry Hagner's podcast, the, which was mm-hmm. the Good Dad Project at the time. One of the best interviews I've ever heard, actually. I mean, I, I think I messaged you and said that and I wanted to talk to you. We, we just didn't make it happen until today. But I love your story and all the stuff that you talked about and what you've overcome and now how you leverage all of that to help other people. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It, it was uh, it was a trip. It was really a trip being on his show. And it was also a trip him being on mine because really different formats, different audience, the format had to be just a little bit different. So he hit me one way and it just brought up some stuff that I hadn't talked about in a while. And same with him. Both yeah. were very emotional episodes. And I got yeah. all kinds of messages from people because he just got me, you know, we, we, we just were able to get vulnerable with each other. And that's the thing that really helps connect people. The, the thing that connects people the most is that authenticity and vulnerability that just comes through in the airways. And that's what we said. You said, I'm going to press record yeah. because we've never talked before. You know, it's like, dude, have we ever had a conversation? I go, no. Right. Our no. first actual conversation yeah. because of social media and we have such a strong social media presence. It's like, we know each other. By the time yeah. we get on the call, there's no real need to, you know, catch up. Right. <laughs> who are you? Who are you? I mean, there really is because of a, because we've been around each other on social media and B, mm-hmm. the number of mutual friends we've had and yes. that we have, uh, like Larry Hagner, Vincent Puglese, all the people in the, the dad's edge group and the, the total life freedom group where we're both active, it creates an instant rapport which means you and I can get on and just get into it, start talking, whatever yep. it is. That said, we didn't plan for this. You didn't know this, but I'm recording this for now for my new podcast, which just launched. And um, I would love to share a little bit of your story and have you dig into me if you want to do that as well and just have a, a, a conversation that we can hopefully both get some value from and, and provide some value to, to my listeners as well. So How's what is the new podcast? Well, that's a good question. I haven't announced it yet, although it will be announced by the time this airs, which is kind of funny. Correct. Um, so I am uh, planning on it. It's funny. It'll be funny if it's different by the time this actually comes Yeah, out right? Because I've been undecided. And actually, earlier today, I had a coaching call with Devin Vanderson, who I think you probably know as well. He, yes. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Got it. Got it. He coached me a little bit on I recorded that, which I'll, I'll be publishing okay. as well. Um, and it's been about where I'm going with my podcast because you know I started the Entrepreneur Hot Seat podcast about a year and a half ago. Actually started it almost two years ago as a result of the first mastermind group I joined in, in Larry mm-hmm. Hagner's group at Dad's Edge. And Larry came on and said, everybody's got to set a 90-day goal. And I was like, all right, I've been listening to podcasts for years. I'm going to start one. And so I started that one. Larry was on mine as well. He was uh, episode number two, I think. And actually... That one might be a tough one to go back and listen to because he was actually in the throes of that 21 days of hell or whatever he had when he wasn't sleeping. It was like 31 days. Yeah, 30 something, right. And he he hadn't really told me about it. I knew he was going through some stuff. He was a little out of it in that interview. Thank goodness he's recovered from that and and moved on. So I'll have to have him back. 
but I just recorded episode 100 for the Entrepreneur Hot Seat and actually had our mutual friend Vincent Pugliese on for episode 100. Uh, Congratulations. Was, yeah, thank you. He was on episode 34 way back when. And I decided that I, I'm ready to make a pivot and do something different with the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I, like I had been thinking about where I'm going to go with it, tossing around a lot of different ideas. And uh, another mutual friend of ours, Reggie Shaw, gave mm -hmm. me the idea to launch the Andy Storch Show and just make it about growth and development and all the things that I'm really into, but make it about me and it's my personality. And with that, I can be really flexible and talk about a lot of different things. So that's where we're on now. And I want to talk a little bit about you as well and your journey. And one of the themes that I do want to talk about a lot is this idea of growth and especially overcoming fear, getting out of your comfort zone to go out and do the things that you know you need to do. Uh, because I think we, we both probably agree that most growth happens on the other side of our comfort zone, right? The other idea I was throwing around for the podcast was the Star of Your Fears podcast because uh, that's a shirt I have that I love and uh, I get a lot of compliments on. And it's really about looking at the things that you're afraid of and not giving them time to fester, but just to starve them by jumping in and doing it, right? Like hitting record on this podcast, even though I might be scared of what might actually happen. Um, well, it's funny because one of the things that I want to pivot to also is the Omar Pinto podcast. That's coming next. So when you said that, I go, I hear you. It makes sense because that's where I'm headed. Well, and hopefully this will give you the confidence because I think my first thought was when he said that, I was like, yeah, but who am I to start the Andy Storch show, right? And mm -hmm. he's like, dude, you're Andy Storch. Like, who are you not? Like, you have to do it. And so now you can look at it and be like, well, if Andy started the show with his own name, then I can definitely do it. <laughs> no, I'm already past all that, dude. It's not even about a limiting belief or a fear. It's about where I'm at right now as far as time. A lot of what even being in the mastermind with Vince has been more about how to maximize my time. I'm constantly revamping and re-looking at my schedule and being very, very clear and intentional about my time. Good. Yeah, I am too. Let's get into that. Let's start with Let's just a little bit of your background. How did you get to where you are today? And then talk about what you're doing now. I jumped. Okay. And I tell everyone this because occasionally you see this where somebody's there stuck, right? You say, I, you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. And I'm not quite sure. And this and that. And I go, go to YouTube, type in Steve Harvey, jump. It still makes me cry and gives me goosebumps when I listen to it because it's so powerful. And just when we talk about these guys, especially the really successful black leaders that we have out there, like Eric Thomas and Steve Harvey, their story, I mean, I cannot compare my growing up to their growing up. You know, sleeping in cars, eating out of trash cans, living in the ghetto the violence, you know, what they grew up around. And so I always tell people, listen to that first, because that's going to give you an idea of what it takes. It's really just about, I'm going to jump. And until you do, until you do, I understand the fear. Because so many of us, our number one need, if you follow Tony Robbins at all, right, one of our basic human needs is the need for certainty. 
you know, I always want to know what's around the corner. I'm going to get a paycheck on the first. I'm going to get a paycheck on the 15th. This job has been a risk. Business has been around for 10, 15, 20 years. It's going to be around for 10, 15 years more. There is this very comforting feeling that comes along with certainty. I'm living with my mama. I'm still 25 years old, but she still does my laundry, makes my breakfast, takes care of my lunch. There's this certainty. Dude, you need to get the hell out of your mama's house. Well, that stuff still causes unhappiness because it's competing with the need for variety, right? Correct. It does because then the next, the second need is uncertainty. I want to be surprised, but which one outweighs the other? So when we talk about my journey, that's a lot of where fear, I mean, talk about just, I may have not have come from the ghetto, which I did not, but fear was a part of my life always. My dad's from Colombia. My mom's from Cuba. They migrated to the United States. You know, my dad worked hard at everything. So my dad had to learn English, come to the United States. We're talking about this is back in the 70s in California, where if you spoke Spanish, you were really considered a Mexican. So there is already discrimination. There's discrimination against every other ethnicity that's not Anglo-Saxon. So my dad's got to face that. So he's got to learn the language. He didn't even have finished high school. doesn't have a high school degree in his own country. Comes to another country. He's a dishwasher. He's got to figure it out. He's got to learn the language. My dad knew how to struggle. He knew how to like get through things. Anyway, he gets a series of like crappy jobs. He finally gets a job at Xerox. And he spends 35 years at Xerox, right? Like he just landed throughout. So here's me as a kid growing up in the US with all these opportunities and my parents saying, well, not even my parents, my dad, you do not speak Spanish in this house. You only speak English in the house. And it's like, okay, if someone asks you what your nationality is, you're not Colombian, you're not Hispanic, you're a United States citizen, you're a U.S. citizen. Okay, so identity kind of gets stripped from you, right, from the get-go. And somewhere along the lines is this kind of feeling is that I'm not good enough as myself. I'm not good enough because of whatever. I'm Latino because my dad doesn't have a formal education. So I kind of got a lie, I guess, and struggling right from the beginning. So identity was one of my first challenges, afraid to be myself. Who am I? What is my authenticity? That was the first challenge. And then I get into school and I struggle, man. Mm. I struggle with paying attention. I struggle with studying. I struggle with getting good grades. And meanwhile, my sister's coasting. She's a year younger than me and she's crushing it. Like from go, she's a reader. She pays attention in class, gets all her homework done. Always is like the teacher's pet. Parents are like comparing, do I can't you be more like your sister? What is wrong with you? Like a whole 20 years of hearing, seriously, oh, what's wrong with you? And the thing is back then, we didn't recognize or have an idea or even today, whatever. I think it's, it's a lot more accessible. But today we understand what shaming language is. When you shame a child growing up, 
it creates inherent limiting belief in them, in their identity, in their competence, in their body, in their relationship with others. I am not good enough is kind of like a theme. And what's wrong with me is the theme. And I should be better at this and I should be better at that. Again, the word should is a shaming word. So this is a lot of where here's me. That's where I start. I start right from the beginning thinking I should be somebody I'm not. And then when I was 17 years old is when I had my first drink of alcohol, really. I didn't start drinking until I was 17 years old. And all that shit just went away magically. It was like, oh my God, wait a minute. I have been feeling like a piece of crap for years. This is the best I think I've ever felt in my life. I feel free. I feel like I can be myself. I feel like I can joke around. I feel like I can step into who I really am supposed to be or have always been and whatever the case may be. All I knew is this is it. This was the answer. Now, granted, I didn't realize I had an addiction problem where alcohol and drugs was going to become a serious problem for me. I am a recovering drug addict and alcoholic, 15 years clean and sober. Nice. But I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. And so that was the next phase of my life was me recognizing that there was this magic formula or this magic potion that could help me be me and be the the version of myself that I like, that I accept, that I feel comfortable in. And when I'm sober, I don't. It's very simple. I feel comfortable here. I feel uncomfortable here. So whenever I'm in a social setting, I'm going to drink. So then fast forward to rock bottom my life through drugs and alcohol. I got married. My wife got pregnant. My you know, disease escalates. I end up rock bottoming out. It's your typical cocaine, you know, rock star, rock bottom where I lose my wife. I lose my business. I am severely ill. I am completely in a paranoid state of like, you would say a a drug-induced paranoid state, psychosis. I even forgot the name of it. It's been so long. Yeah. So anyway, that's where the rock bottom comes in. And then I have to start all over again. So imagine the drugs and the alcohol were the soothing element to make me feel better about me. Now that's gone. And not only do I feel shit from like way back when, but I just ruined everything in my life with drugs and alcohol. So now I'm an even bigger piece of shit than when I started. How do you come back from that? And so for the next 10 years, it was about me getting very, very, very much involved in 12-step recovery. 12-step recovery saved my life. It changed my life. And for a long time, it sustained my life because through working the 12 steps, I was able to identify a lot of those limiting beliefs, but just didn't know how to properly categorize them. I didn't know what a limiting belief was. I didn't know where, you know, core values were. That still wasn't a part of the the 12-step model. It was more of just addressing any, I guess you could say, root cause issues that stemmed from years and years of covering them up with alcohol and drugs. Things come to the surface and you're able to look at them with a different light. But Here it is, you're with somebody who is not judgmental and has been through it before. So I get this opportunity to change my life and I start to give back. And to give back, I start coaching, mentoring, and sponsoring other guys in recovery. So 
I would say the first, the first five years and even before then, cause I started sponsoring guys after my first year, but it was five years that really like it synced in. Like I had some tools now, right? I wasn't floundering. I wasn't trying to a little more comfortable. Out. Like you knew a little bit what you were doing. Correct. Like I could sponsor a guy now. It wasn't like the first time I sponsored a guy. I go, I hope I don't break him. Right. Right. Cause I, you know, it's, it's like the first time you do anything. Right. So here I am the first few times it's kind of like, Oh my God, what am I doing? This is that. Then you get a couple of guys that you take them through the steps and you're like, Holy shit, I did that. Wow. Look at the, They're actually staying sober. This is yeah. working. Little confidence builds. Yeah. And you're impacting their life. I'm impacting their lives. Confident bills. I jump into this. So now I am actively sponsoring guys, which for all intents and purposes, I'm coaching, but I don't really recognize it as that, you know, yeah. because I mean, it's really just words. It's a title. What is it? I'm helping people. I'm helping them through my experience, strength and hope, impacting their lives and showing them what I did through my experience. And there's this like natural evolution that happens. So that's what I did in those first 10 years. Then after my 10 years in recovery, that's when I launched the podcast, the recovery podcast. And that again, it was like, oh my God, my first few episodes were like, oh my God, I can't even go back and listen to them. Right? Like right. I refuse to go back and listen to my first maybe how, 10 episodes. How long ago was that? When did you launch the podcast? 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's been about three years. Yeah. I'm coming up on, uh, no, it's been over three years. It'll be four years, February. So three and a half years. Nice. So now it is second nature. So podcasting and hosting people, asking questions is a piece of cake. Sponsoring people, guiding people through steps is a piece of cake. And then it got to a point where it was like, well, how do I monetize this podcast? And how do I shift directions from what I was doing, working the, having the job and having the golden handcuffs how do I transition out of something that I hate? Because I hated the job. Yeah. So you were working and, a job that whole time that you didn't like, but it was paying the bills while you were doing these yes. things, helping people. Well, not only did I not like it, it was conflicting with my values that I didn't even know I had. So, you know, as far as addressing the idea of what I value the most, which is recovery, spirituality, friendships, uh, relationships, family. And I was working for an online casino. Online casino plays a big role, you know, as well as I knew casinos and gambling plays a big role in destroying families' lives. Guy gets on a roll. He starts chasing the high, basically. But what he's, he starts to do is he goes on a run. Yep. And I, I'm losing. And then I double up to try and win. And then I double up again to try and win it back. At some point, I think I'm going to win it back. The house always wins. And even and, when those people find a way to pull away... The casinos are very good at marketing and bringing them back in, right? You haven't yes. been in a while. Here's a deal. Here's a coupon. Here's a special. Now you got it. Yeah. So at some point, it was like, wow, this really conflicts with, with just my internal spiritual principles, right? Like just my, what I believe in, I work for something that is actually contributing to a vice, to, to an addiction. And, um, it finally came to an end. I bailed out and I said, okay, well, what am I going to do? This and this and that. And that's when I joined Vince's group. Um, when I went to, I went to Larry and told him I wanted to get involved in masterminds. And I joined that group and I was like, Hey guys, 
I have no idea what I want to do with my life. No idea. I don't know what to do. I have this podcast that makes no money that I've been running now for two and a half years because this was a year ago. So I've had this podcast for two and a half years. You know, I've got like, at the time I was just about to hit a million downloads. Oh, wow. And so this is, this is a pretty big podcast. Yeah. So I was about to hit about a million downloads and I've got a thriving Facebook group. At the time it was like 4,000 members okay. inside the Facebook group. These are all in general, the, the niches like recovered addicts. Of all recovery, all people in recovery. Because on the podcast, I'm saying, hey, join us in our free Facebook group. I've got followers, listeners, members in the group, but there's no monetization. I don't know what to do. I just quit my job. I hate my job. I'm never going back. Uh, my wife is supporting us. I'm so not bringing I just walked out. Dang, man. Did you have walk, a bunch what, of savings built up? Like, did you have a plan or did you just like come to a head and you're like, I can't do this anymore? That was it. It came to a head. And here's a little backstory is that I was working at another outfit. I left that outfit to open up a new casino with the promise of making more money. Again, all of it was about making more money. Because more money will always solve our problems, right? Correct. The level of stress of launching this new casino was so overwhelming. I had no idea just how over... I mean, I've been involved in the casino, online casino business for years. And I had launched two other casinos back in the day, but I was also snorting cocaine every day at the time. And for whatever reason, and I was not married yet when I was launching the, the second one, we were just in the process of, and she was also in the casino business as well. So we were both used to working tremendous amount of hours. That wasn't really a big deal. And I was just doing so much cocaine that I could just stay up for days at a time and just like power through it. I was a different person back then. Right. I wasn't that person anymore. I yeah. couldn't just work 16 hours. I couldn't just like neglect, you know, my health. And I was, and I was stressed out through the roof and my wife set up this appointment so I could go see this like hormone specialist just to check on my adrenal glands. Cause I was just, I was a mess. I looked horrible and she was just, like worried. And she goes, we got to get you to the doctor. We got to figure this out, blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't getting any better. And so we were trying to figure out the next move and this and this and that. She goes, I don't know how much more of this you can take. I kind of took that as, I guess if I want to quit, I could. And so one day, shit hit the fan. I got into an altercation with one of the partners. And it was like, okay, so I'm either going to smash this guy with a chair or I'm going to walk out. Uh, sounds like you walked, hopefully. Yeah, no, I walked. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked out. I got in my car and I didn't tell anybody. I just left. I just disappeared. And people were like, where the heck did he go? I mean, that's, I had a breakdown. I had a meltdown. And I said, okay, honey, I'm, I'm walking away. And she goes, okay, this is not good for me. Okay, this is not good for us. Will you bring in as much as I do? So that's going to put some kind of a, a little bit of a financial strain on us. And I'm going to have to cover some debt here, or some, not even some debt, or some, some responsibilities that I'm not comfortable with on my own. However... I hate that business. So I'll make this deal with you. You have to promise you never go back no matter what. So you're going to have to figure out what your next move is going to be. 
and I'll support you. And you've got a year. That's awesome. Yes. My wife, I cannot say enough because for people, like when we talk about at the beginning, when I opened up this conversation, we opened up the, the call and I said, you know, listen to Steve Harvey's jump. And I did. But you have to have some sort of a parachute. In this particular case, it's undeniable. It's my wife. I wasn't single. I wasn't by myself. I wasn't like penniless because we know what happens to entrepreneurs when they jump and they don't have any sort of a financial parachute. The level of anxiety, frustration, overwhelmed, and desperation kicks in. And then you blame it on the fact that I can't be an entrepreneur. But really, if I didn't have my wife as a parent shoot, I'd have the same story. The thing I did have was the podcast. She did see that. And she saw the following. And she saw the raving fans. And she goes, I know there's something there. I don't know what it is. And you don't know what it is. But there is proof of concept of something. Let's dig into that. And so that was last year. It was actually not even May. It was June. It was June. Now I remember it was June 1st that I paid for my first membership there. With Larry, I talked to Larry at the end of May and started in, in June, got into Vince's group. And then we just started to figure out what I was going to do with this. And then they came up with the idea of like, dude, you could start your own mastermind. You could do your own coaching. Like right. you could copy the same thing Larry's doing. You've right. got a different, yeah. it doesn't conflict. Right. You're doing it for the recovery community. Oh my God. I'm like me. I'm not a coach. I don't know how to lead a mastermind. I don't know. I mean, they were like, I had every conceivable limiting belief yeah. holding me back that you could just even possibly conceive of. And the thing before we go any further, if you think about it, this was a June of last year. We're in October, July, August, September, October. One year, four months after that. One year, four months after that, I'm going to get into what has happened. But just to give you an idea, it's not a whole lifetime. It is like what some people would say overnight success kind of a thing over 47 years in the making. But here I was going, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And they're like, well, why not? What's stopping you? Right. I can't charge. You know, this is the recovery. People think, you know, recovery is for free. And right. this is why it's all this crap about like, okay, yeah. dude, well, you, need to, you need to pivot or change your mindset, or call it something else. And I went, oh, okay. And then it started to work, right? The dynamic of changing your mindset can happen in an instant yep. just by someone saying a few different words to you mm -hmm. and allowing you to look at the same situation through different glasses, through different perspective, by calling it a different name. Is it ice cream or is it gelato? Like all of a sudden, ice cream became trendy because they called it something different. Before, it was something that six-year-olds got for behaving themselves. Now it's a place you go to get coffee and a gelato. Right. <laughs> and I could be 40 years old and I can enjoy it without going, can I have some ice cream? So it was just about changing a few of the words around so that I can get a new perspective. I can get comfortable around it. So then from there... Started in the mastermind and we're meeting every week and I go man in the middle and then they give me a bunch of ideas and then we start brainstorming and then I have all these ideas and I have to start kind of like figuring out which ones I like the most and which direction I want to go in. And in the course of all this happening, my wife comes home one day and says, hey, listen, I'm going to go to an NLP workshop. And I'm going, 
you're going to an NLP workshop? She goes, you know what NLP is? Because this is my wife. You know, like, you know, what? yeah, I know what NLP is. And I go, I want to go. She goes, you want to go? Because remember, prior to me quitting my job and me joining a mastermind group, I couldn't do anything. Right. You couldn't coach. I was still that kid in high school that was not as good as my sister. What's wrong with you? You should do this. You should do that. Why can't you get better grades? Why can't you graduate from college? I'm still this kid riddled with all these different limiting beliefs. And I'm just breaking now out of my shell and I'm doing it without drugs and alcohol. So she's like, yeah, I want, I go, I'm going. She goes, all right, if you want to go, let's go. Go to this NLP workshop, changed my life. And for those of you that don't know what NLP is, it's neuro-linguistic programming. Neural stands for brain, linguistic stands for language, programming stands for strategy. So how your brain processes information. And I went there and I'm like, oh my God. And for those of you that don't know, Tony Robbins' entire platform is based on NLP. That's mm-hmm. how he started. He used to do these NLP workshops that actually were illegal in certain countries where he would do them. And he had to kind of like strategize, change the name, call it something different. But it was all based under the same practice of understanding NLP. That's why when he coaches people, it's so fast. Because NLP, and when I, when I coach people, it's 8 to 12 weeks and you're done. So I go to this workshop and I'm like, oh my God, I love this. And I'm sitting there next to my wife. And I said, honey. And she kind of looked at me because I could tell she was, I go, I wonder if this guy would coach me one-on-one. She goes, well, you could ask him. I'm like, would that be cool? She's like, yeah, I think that he'd be good for you. Because remember, I got to ask my wife permission. So that's a humbling exercise all in and of itself. So I go and I, I find out what this guy's charging a hundred bucks an hour, minimum three hour sessions. And we needed, you know, I was, he's like, we could probably get a solid breakthrough in about nine sessions, right? Which would be like actually three sessions, three hours each, nine to 12, depending. And I was like, okay, that doesn't seem unreasonable, right? So my wife's like, yeah, let's do it. We met, I think it was every two weeks. It completely changed my life in ways that I can't explain to you without coaching you. Completely changed my life. I changed everything about how I saw myself and how I saw the world. And I was able to reconcile with the six-year-old and the 16-year-old inside of me that was very, very angry, very, very sad, felt very abandoned and lost. And unable to give myself the credit to how I got to where I was at in the first place. How did you launch a podcast? How did you run successful multi-million dollar businesses? How did you get to sea level operative status without having a college degree? How do you manage to succeed in life and get married and have a, a wonderful relationship with an amazing woman and have a relationship with your daughter and change your life completely after rock bottoming it? How do I do that? And then how do I give myself credit for it in the process? I was able to do it in nine sessions. Nine hours of my life that changed my life forever. And when I was done, I remember walked out and I got in my car. Honey, she goes, how'd it go? I'm launching the coaching platform. I'm launching it. I'm going to get home. I need your help. I need your help with this. She goes, let's do this. We're going to do this together. Let's put all the material, the coaching. My wife is an IIN 
wellness coach. She also has a master's degree in business finance. Nice. Okay, she runs the treasury department over at Citibank. My wife is wicked smart in like a lot of different areas. Like she's one of my strongest resources. What she does not have that I have is my personality, is my delivery. I'm an extrovert. She's an introvert. She's a bookworm. I'm a street guy. I learn by doing. She learns by reading. You compliment each other. Completely. It's like wonder twin power. Activate in form of awesome O. So then we come back. We just started. And this was in October of last year. And right after that, we committed to do the practitioner training that would be in April of this year. So I launched my coaching practice in January, knowing that I was going to be taking my NLME practitioner certification in April. And so now I launched this coaching platform or coaching practice. And again, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never actually charged anyone for coaching in my entire life. But man, so much of the limiting beliefs were gone that I was like, I don't care. I am going to go in this thing and there's only one way to find out if I can do it or not. And it's, I'm going to have to do it. Yep. Got to give it a shot. So I just advertised on my podcast and advertising my five. That's it. That was it. I said, guys, I'm opening up a group coaching. I'm opening up a mastermind group and I'm doing one-on-one coaching. Let's go. Who wants to join me? And I had some people that just kind of just jumped in right away So one of the big keys to all that was I'd already built a group of raving fans. Right. You built the foundation, you built the following, and then you were able to go to them versus most people I know, including myself, when I started to get into coaching was, I'm going to be a coach and let me go see who I can coach. You didn't necessarily have that foundation to go to. And there's social credibility that now trumps a degree. Totally. It trumps your experience even, it trumps your certifications because no one's asking any of that. It's like, hey, oh, how's this coaching work thing? How does this, you know, I'm interested because it's me. They know me. Yep. They follow me just like we were talking about in the beginning. Andy knows me because he watches me on social media. Yep. I know he's got kids. I know how old his kids are. I know he does yoga. I know he's a workout guy, right? I know all of this stuff about right. Andy. Because of his social media. Right. Andy knows I launched a podcast. I launched a coaching platform. He knows the friends that I have and my relationship to them all through social media. So I know you're in Costa Rica, which we didn't even talk about today. There you go. So there's this social currency that comes from social presence. There is this whole aspect of putting your life out there because my whole life is out there. My dog, my daughter, my wife, my ex-wife, everything about my family is there. So when somebody goes and goes, do I want to get coached by, oh, oh, let me go check out his Facebook page. Wow. I want what he has. The real guy and he's, and he's doing it, right? And to your point, we both hired Vincent Puglese, our yes. you know, mutual friend and mentor. I don't think he has any certifications, but he's done it. And we know that he can do it. And we know him through social media and through groups and know everything about him. And we trust him and, and uh, it works. That's how I felt. That's how I went to Larry. I didn't say, Hey, Larry, so tell me about your degrees. That was the last thing. It didn't even cross my mind to ask. I like you. Somebody recommended you. What do you got? I got this. 
that sounds cool. I'm in. Let's do it. Then I go in, I'm getting suggestions from people. I have no idea what they've done or what their right. credentials are. Right. I'm taking suggestions from people. I have really no formal references or resume. It's what they're doing right now. But that's the power I of relationships, right? Power of relationships. You got that trust. And, and so there it is. That's basically how I got into launching my business, becoming a solopreneur, entrepreneur, however you want to call it. I guess it's entrepreneurs. Yeah. I, I, can't, I don't even know the difference between the two. Yeah. What's the difference between an entrepreneur and a solopreneur? It doesn't matter. It's all, you know, semantics. You there know, you go. Freelancer, you know, people have contractor, people have different names where they call it, you call it whatever you want. But you are running your own business now. You're running the podcast, you're running the, the, the group, and then you're running masterminds, group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching from those, that funnel or that podcast and that group. And that's, that's your business now. Correct. It's fantastic. That's really cool. Yes. And you're yes. thinking about making a shift, you said now to, to either start a new podcast or change the podcast? Well, based on what I'm doing right now, what I'm heading towards now too, is if you listen to Mastin Kip, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mastin Kip. No. Mastin Kip, he calls it functional life coaching. That's his... Okay. That's his branding. And then you've got Tony Robbins results coaching. But in many cases, what they do is they'll have like conventions or, you know, like Tony has Unleashed the Power Within, Day with yeah, Destiny. Which I've, you know, which whatever, I've been to. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Okay. Then in the course of those, he has these breakthrough sessions, interventions inside the conference. Those get recorded and he's got a podcast that's got 20 minutes where he'll do a breakthrough session with someone and, and post it on his podcast, Mastin Kip does the same thing. And I'm like, dude, I could do that. I have breakthrough sessions all the time with awesome. my clients. If I could just get them to okay me launching it as a podcast, which I'm pretty sure I could because there's no face and there's no last name. I can just say, hey, right. you know, this is where I'm having this breakthrough session with Steve. Okay. And as long as they're cool with it. But I was like, that's going to be, that's where I'm gravitating towards. And yeah, well, there was a time where it's like, it's true. You can't just be the Omar Pinto show and have nothing, right? There has to be some sort of reference to what Omar Pinto is, what Andy Storch is. Yeah, what it do you stand for? What is it about? Yeah, I can't. My first podcast can't be the Omar Pinto show unless I've got some serious marketing from it, or I've already got my social media following and presence where, ooh, oh, this is interesting. But you do. Yeah. I already have that yeah. and then some. And now I have this coaching presence. And so, yeah, that's where I'm my focus as I start to kind of like open up bits of time and actually kind of going back and listening to some of my, because I record all of my coaching sessions, just kind of going back and just looking for the gems that would be like, oh my God, look at this. This is like yeah. 15 minutes of gold. That would be great to showcase on a podcast. And God knows how many clients I'm going to pick up just by them listening to how I coach somebody else. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think that would be pretty cool. Let me ask you this, and we're about to wrap up pretty soon. You have made some big changes in your life, even before, long before you got involved in NLP. I mean, getting sober is a huge one that I'm sure you were huge. terrified to do. Oh my God, it, yes. Right? Leaving your job or launching the podcast before that, leaving your job and then getting into coaching. 
how did you get past the fear to do some of these things? And what are a couple of the, like one or two of the big limiting beliefs that you, you pushed past? And I realized that that's a big question to ask with about maybe eight minutes left we have to, to for this show, but not uh, really, okay. not really. You, you can condense all of it into the two basic driving forces for human beings. I'm either moving towards pleasure or I'm moving away from pain. That's it. It's as simple as that. Everything in your life is based on an emotional response you get from it. Mm. I eat ice cream because if I could eat McDonald's Big Macs, French fries, Coke, and ice cream every day and not die of a heart attack within probably five years, I would do it because of the emotional state it puts me in. Even thinking about driving to McDonald's, getting the, my double quarter pounder with cheese, yeah. right? And then with the Dr. Pepper and, and getting the little ice cream with the strawberry in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. That in and of itself is evoking emotional response. It's interesting because I'm, I guess I've trained my mind and it's exactly what you're saying to associate that with pain. When people, even people have mentioned going to a fast food restaurant, I cringe. And it's not to say that I probably wouldn't enjoy that Big Mac if I ate it, but I don't want to step foot in those places because I'm so big on health. Beautiful. So there it is. We have two people mm -hmm. with entirely different emotional states attached to the same thing. That's your entire life to everything. You don't eat fast food because it's associated to pain, mm -hmm. right? I don't need it because I know it's not good for me, but there's a part of me that if I could justify it somehow, dude, I'd be doing it every day. Like maybe if you were making a documentary, like supersize me, then it'd be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then again, I already see what's going to happen. So right. back to the point is that I'm either moving towards pleasure or I'm running for pain. I recognize over many, many years, my motivation comes from pain. I take action when the level of pain threshold reaches an all-time high. So the, the addiction, the job. Yeah. Yes. It has to be a level of pain because if not, if it's oscillating in the middle towards like, there's some, ah, there's some pleasure in here. I love the comfort zone. I love certainty. I love yeah. it. I settle in it. Yes. You tend to settle there. You like it. Oh, like most people do. Most people. Oh, if you said, okay, oh, I'm going to send you 10 coaching clients a week. You're going to make 20 grand a month. Okay, all you got to do is coach 10 people and you can't do anything else. Give up the podcast, right? Give up everything else. You're going to coach yeah. 10 people a week, an hour session each, and you're going to make 20 grand a month. I'm in. Yeah, sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. I'm good. But wait a minute, with your potential, you could be making 50 grand a month. If you launched this product, if you did this, oh, that's a lot of fucking work, man. You're talking my comfort language. So we have to kind of recognize who we are and where we thrive in. And for me, every time I reach levels of pain that were just monumentally unsustainable on any given level whatsoever, where if I didn't make a change in my life immediately, it was going to be homicide, suicide, or drugs and alcohol. Mm. Those were my only three options or move, walk out the job, join a mastermind, hire the, coach. hire the coach. You are broke. It's been six months. You still don't know what you're doing. 
your wife's like, hello, six months down the road. Hello. You look like you're getting comfortable. The pain comes in. There is nothing worse than your wife looking at you. And let me tell you something. It wasn't even like that. It was tears in the face. It was staring across from me at the table and going, I don't even know how to have this conversation with you, but it's killing me. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what this is happening. I'm holding all this burden. So it was actually her pain causing you pain. Dude, trust me on this. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the look on her face and me going, you better snap out of it fast, dude. The pain was just, and then again, as a coach, this is exactly where I'll start to gear you back in. I go, buddy, you've got triggers. Mm-hmm. You've got triggers. Those triggers will release emotional responses. You are driven by pain. When I walked out, it reached that threshold of pain. When I was sitting across the table from my wife, it was probably worse because I, I can't remember the last time I felt like such a piece of shit. And it had been a really long time. And I said, I'm going to do whatever I got to do. And then the drive kicked in and who I am inside of me starts fucking making moves and boom, here I am. Thanks to my wife on many levels with probably on average, I probably average, let's just say six to eight active coaching clients a week. I have a membership group that's got over a hundred people in it. I've got a small mastermind that's still active once a week and a business is growing. And I just hired a Tony Robbins coach to coach me because the trajectory is I want to become a Tony Robbins coach next. There are no more fears. There are no more. I don't know if I can do this. Now it's like, I'm going to do this. And then if I fail, I'm going to do something different. There is no more fear of failure. Failure is just simply an indication that I'm going in the wrong direction and that I need to pivot. Yeah, that's it. Failure is not just something that didn't work out the way you planned, but you learn from it and you move on. In fact, I posted a quote I read in a book this morning that uh, mediocrity is much worse than failure because failure tells you that you need to go in a different direction. Mediocrity, you get comfortable and you sit in one place and you never make a change. You have made some massive changes and accomplished so much in the last year or so. Absolutely amazing. months. 14 months. Absolutely amazing, Omar. And you, you've conquered so many limiting beliefs and fears. Really inspiring. And uh, there's probably so much more we could talk about with this. We do have to wrap things up. Um, for anybody listening that maybe wants to get in touch with you, find out about your group, where do they go? There's two places you can go. You can check out the podcast, thesharepodcast.com. Go to that website. It'll tell you all the different Facebook groups, social media, uh, places you can listen to, Spotify, iTunes, that kind of thing. Share is spelled S-H-A-I-R, stands for Sharing Helps Addicts in Recovery. Or just go to omarpinto.com if you want to know about my coaching. Awesome. We'll put links for that in the show notes. Omar, thank you so much for doing this today. I know that you didn't even know you were going to be interviewed coming into this. You just had a conversation coming up, but I know you're always ready as I am for a good conversation. And that's why I'm pivoted to this new podcast because I just love having good conversations and recording them and sharing them in the hopes that they will help other people. So thanks again for coming on. Great show, buddy. Had a blast. Thank you so much, Andy. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. 